So our scripture lesson today comes from the book of 2 Corinthians. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed. Look, new things have come into being. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. So we are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making his appeal through us, we entreat you on behalf of Christ be reconciled to God. For our sake, God made the one who knew no sin to be sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? God, as we come to your word this morning, no, we are here because we want to be here. We want to hear from you. We want to know your thoughts so that they can become ours. We want to know your ways so that, they, that those ways can be reflected in the way that we live. In Jesus' name, amen. So a few years ago, I was invited to a very unusual graduation ceremony. This graduation ceremony was at the Ann Douglas Center which is a shelter for homeless women in Skid Row who are willing and trying to commit to sobriety. It's a complete one-year program, seeing the homeless woman in a holistic light, offering resources for anything that may help lead to full recovery. I showed up to this graduation ceremony not completely sure what to expect, but I found myself in a familiar space, in a chapel, I noticed about 75 other people showed up uh, and they filtered into the pews to bear witness to this graduation ceremony. And then a door opened near the front of the chapel and a group of women came in, complete in their caps and gowns, some sitting on the front row and some standing and sitting on the chancel up front. A chaplain gave a brief introduction and said, today you're going to hear the story of 10 women who are graduating from this ceremony. The first woman got up to share. She was in her mid-60s, tall and clearly nervous. She started telling her story. She came from a, an affluent family on the west side of Los Angeles and at a young age found herself turning to alcohol when there was fighting in her home. Her relationship with alcohol eventually became the most important relationship to her and in her young professional years after ruining her marriage, her most valued friendships, and losing several jobs, alcohol became her whole world. And it didn't take long for everything to fall apart. Her relationship with alcohol eventually cost her all the other relationships in her life. She lied too much, she stole too much, and she'd broken too many promises. And eventually she found herself homeless and living on Skid Row. Then, she shared how she ended up in this recovery home, how God had helped her when she couldn't help herself, how her new friends had held up her head when she couldn't, and how this recovery center and program had given her the tools she needed to break up with alcohol forever. She was ready to reintegrate with society and help other women 
who are dealing with addiction. And then she begins to cry because she realizes this is it. And the chaplains and other graduates surround her and there's embrace. And finally she makes it back to the front and she, she thanks them. She thanks the chaplain. She thanks the other women for helping her. And then she started to walk down the aisle and the chapel exploded into uh, congratulations, into clapping hands, into tears. And she's walking kind of towards my aisle. And then the people sitting in the pew next to me stand up and they leave the row and they embrace her. And I realize this was her mom and dad. This was her ex-husband. These were her children. These were her friends. And she was going home with them. That night, I witnessed 10 women share their stories, and I witnessed 10 homecomings as each woman who came down the aisle was embraced by family, by friends, by those that had thought, there's no way this will ever, ever happen. And this, this is a picture of reconciliation. It's when that which seems irredeemable, unfixable, and hopeless comes to full restoration. It's finding peace. It's coming home. My experience that day has never left me. What I witnessed there, I knew to be a glimpse of heaven on earth, a glimpse of the kingdom of heaven breaking into the world that we're called to live in today. And moments like this, we need them. They remind us that God is still at work, even when it seems that God is not. And our scripture today reminds us that we're on that same mission with God to forgive those where we can forgive, to heal where we can offer healing, to restore when we can offer restoration. Now, looking at reconciliation over the arch of Scripture from the beginning to what God is doing in the world and how we fit into it, it's helpful to remember where this all started. It was in a home. It was in a garden. It was in the Garden of Eden. And in this garden, everything was good because that's how God made it. Everything was exactly as it should be. The earth produced all the food that everyone needed. The animals in the air, in the ocean, in the land had everything they needed to thrive. And the people, Adam and Eve, who had been tasked to care for all this, they were good too. They had perfect communion with God and with one another and with all that God had given them to care for. Everything was exactly as it should be. Everything was at peace. Everyone was home. Until it happened, no longer content with what they had, no longer believing that they were good enough as they were, Adam and Eve reached for more. And in doing so, sin crept into God's good creation and before long, it wasn't just creeping, it was abounding on this good earth. And the, next, the very next story in Genesis is about murder. The beautiful and perfect land that God had created now held the spilled blood of the human being. The soil that was meant to grow food was now holding human life. Cain, filled with jealousy and hatred, takes the life of his brother. And the following stories and chapters in Genesis tell us of how sin took so deeply, took root, 
within God's creation that the image of the garden of Eden, the perfect home, is a long-lost memory. But light doesn't yield to darkness. It's the other way around. God did not let go of humanity. God did not let go of us. Instead, God started to work to reconcile everything that had been broken by sin. God's love for us is too great. His power way too strong for sin to have the last word. First through the people of Israel, then completing the work in Christ, God made a way for us to come home to him. Do you remember when you came home? Do you remember when someone extended a hand to you, offered a prayer on your behalf, reminded you of how loved you are, how you too are made in the image of God and how he longs for you? You remember the warmth, the relief, the hope, the freedom bestowed by grace? Praise God that we have come home. And here's something beautiful. When we are reconciled with God, we are then invited to join in God's work of reconciliation. Upon us is bestowed the honor and the responsibility of joining in the family business, the work that God the Father calls his children to inherit, the work of reconciliation. So how do we become a people who join God in reconciling the world back to him? Well, first, we have to begin with our own relationships. We have to be formed as a community, as a people, as a person, by forgiveness. Ernest Hemingway grasped some of the difficulty that characterizes relationships between fathers and sons in particular. In the story, The Capital of the World, here the story set in Spain revolves around a father and his teenage son, Paco. Now, Paco was an extremely popular name in Spain at this time. Paco, with desires to become a matador and escape his father's control, runs away to the capital, to Madrid. And his father, desperate to reconcile with him, follows him to Madrid and puts an ad in the local paper with a simple phrase. Excuse me. Dear Paco, Meet me in front of the Madrid newspaper office tomorrow at noon. All is forgiven. I love you. Hemingway then writes, The next day at noon, in front of the newspaper office, there were 800 men, <laughs> all named Paco, all looking for their father. The world is longing for this, for reconciliation, is there someone in your life today that could use a message like this on a text message or an email or over the phone? Dear mom, let's get together. All is forgiven. I love you. Dear dad, whoever it may be. So first, we have to become a people who are formed by this practice of forgiveness. The thing that brought us home was God's forgiveness. We have to reconcile what we can. Second, we live this out through God's church. The church is a reconciling entity. This church is a reconciling entity. 
Each week in our, uh, in our worship service, we, we come to God for forgiveness and we hear the assurance of our pardon. We're reminded of our homecoming. And each week in our prayers for the people, we petition God to continue the work of re- reconciliation so that everyone in the world, all known by, created by, and loved by God, would be able to live in harmony and peace. And it's here that we find our mission's directives. See, when we deliver blue bags to Monaster Cristo, when we deliver food to the homeless out of the mobile loaves and fishes truck, when we serve a meal at the foundation of the homeless, when we deliver food to the community in Lake Charles, we are reconciling the broken systems that make it seemingly impossible for everyone in our world to have the food that they need. In a reconciling world, there's plenty of food for every living thing. When we build a home at Community First, we're participating in reconciling the housing situation in our country and in our world because in a reconciling world, every human being has a home. When our deacons and Stephen ministers walk alongside people who are suffering, when our deacons and Stephen ministers walk alongside people who are suffering, we are reconciling the relational pains that we can relate to, that we know are in our community, that we can touch and feel and know for those who are experiencing addiction and broken relationships and divorce, depression and loss. Deacons and Stephen ministers offer peace because in a reconciling world, there is peace. It's perfect. According to the United Nations, at the end of 2021, there were 89.3 million people forcibly displaced from their homes worldwide. As of May 2020, that number reached 100 million people. 100 million people have been forced to, not, to leave not just their homes. Thank you so much. I'm just going to do it. A hundred million people in our world have been forced to leave not only their homes, but their jobs, their friends, their sports teams, their book clubs, their restaurants, their schools, their whole familiar. And God has brought 50 of them, 50 refugees, into relationship with this church through the loving arms of members here and the many they've pulled into this story from our community. And we walk with them to reconcile everything that we can. We share food, clothing, language, education, knowledge of the legal system, joy and laughter and food. We can't restore to them the homes that they left, but we can make them welcome here and share with them a life that can flourish. See, in a reconciling world, everyone belongs and everyone has everything that they need. There are so many ways to get involved in reconciliation work here at WHPC. If you feel moved to join in any particular way, please reach out. I encourage you not to wait. I also hope that if there's someone in your life that you could offer peace to today, or with whom you could reconcile, don't wait. 
See, there is something magical about reconciliation. When we encounter it, it inspires us and leads to more and more of it. The woman who was restored from her relationship with alcohol and addiction and homelessness gave her life back to women who were dealing with the same issues. The father who forgave Paco accidentally changed the life of 800 people that day, maybe 1,600, and you can keep doing the math because when you show up for a forgiveness that's not yours, that lingers in your head for a while. And the people that this church feeds and houses and ministers to, not only are their lives transformed by our care, but they, in return, transform our lives through relationship and community. Friends, the mission of God is clear. Until we leave this earth, we're called to love it and everything and everyone in it as God does. We're called to find that which seems irredeemable, unfixable, and even hopeless, and do everything we can to bring God's peace to it, to help bring it home. Amen.